Hello, LineClick Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the LineClick Thoughts Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Welcome back to another episode of the show. An important show today as this is the five-year anniversary of LineClick Thoughts. December 9th, 2023 is the five-year anniversary. Obviously, then it started December 9th in 2018. And since then, uh, have built out an Instagram profile, a podcast, many different connections, a cool community to work within, and so many opportunities to get to speak and talk and chat with so many different people. So the beginning of this episode will be a breakdown of my five, the past five years, kind of some highlights, kind of the story, a recap of how we got here, and just some reflections on what five years has meant to me as a content creator in the space. We will then go into the new McDonald's restaurant that is going crazy right now called Cosmics. It's a very interesting restaurant uh, model, and I want to share why it's important for us to recognize what is going on with that. And then finally, the lawsuit and sentencing where a customer uh, threw a Chipotle burrito bowl at a Chipotle uh, worker, and in order to reduce their sentencing time in jail, they agreed to work in a fast food restaurant for two months. So all of that in this podcast, before we begin, just a friendly reminder that every Monday, the Line Cook Thoughts newsletter goes out. It is a newsletter that I share with you every single Monday, and it is cool, uh, you know, stories, interesting stories, information, and other uh, different types of gear and things I've enjoyed or things that have helped me uh, in along, like that I've found throughout the week. And I share that because I think it's fun to kind of get this little bit of time for you all to um, see things that I'm looking at. And it's just a little bit of an uh, informal way to get those uh, those ideas and those uh, recommendations out there. So go to lionclickthoughts.com, put in your email and hit subscribe in order to subscribe to the newsletter. Also, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave a review. It helps me get more attention, lets me know what you think of the show. And for a five-year anniversary gift, if you could share the podcast out to one person, that would be tremendously helpful. So thank you all for listening. And I do want to say before we get into this, and I will be saying thanks a lot in this episode, but thank you all so much. Uh, Five years is truly astounding. Um, It's been such a journey. My life has changed so much since I started this. And it all is thanks to everyone that participates, listens, shares, and uh, just engages in the community. So thank you all so much. And here we go. So five years ago, I was living back home in Buffalo, New York. I had just graduated from the Culinary Institute of America, and I really wasn't sure what uh, life had planned for me in the next few months. I left college without much thought of where I would be going. I figured I would. I was doing a semester away in California for my last semester at the Culinary Institute of America. I was going to finish up, graduate, go back home, work in a restaurant called Oliver's with a chef named Ross Warhol who has been on the podcast before. I've shared him a ton. Um, But go back home was the plan and figure it out. And I had some ideas and some opportunities, but nothing really came into fruition until the start of December when I had interviewed and got accepted into working for Hillstone Restaurant Group as a manager and training um, employee there. But that being said, it was December and I was just in the, the... final stages of interviews, trying to figure out life, trying to figure out where I was going to go next. And I remember I had first come out to Chicago to do some staging in some other restaurants. I went out to Chicago and I staged in two Michelin star restaurants and was just trying to find a job, trying to find some work. I, my 
dream was to live in Chicago. I love the city. I have a friend, a best friend here named Cam who lives here. So the goal was to always get out here and been, um, you know, just focused on getting a job out here and moving out here. At that time, I was still interested in working in Michelin-starred kitchens or in least in fine dining. Um, I also did want to work in the business side of things, so I was kind of split on that. But goal was to get out here. And I remember that I just felt like I didn't have much direction in my career. I didn't have much direction in what was going on. And so I'd gotten on a train from my friend's apartment uh, to go fly back to Buffalo after staging when I had started hearing about, you know, this idea of podcasts and making them and creating content. And um, it was from Gary V. I had heard his one of his podcasts, and I thought it was a cool idea to at least make your own content and be a, a voice in your space. I remember going back on the train and thinking about the fact that I wanted to do something that highlighted those in the kitchen, in the restaurant industry that weren't always highlighted. You know, at this time, Michelin and World's 50 Best dominated the media space. You heard a lot about that. But I didn't hear anything about the cooks, the dishwashers, the bakers, servers, uh, or just like people outside of the kitchen, you know, other paths in the industry. What were they like? What were people doing that if they weren't working in restaurants? Where were they going if they were leaving restaurants? And so that was the goal. And so I remember back on this train and the flight home, I was like, all right, well, I want to start something with an Instagram and I do want to start something with a podcast because those are two things that I thought I could accomplish. And so I remember I started out with the Instagram and I just started posting like little memes, uh, little things uh, that basically were just like kind of stating like, you know, simple things like make sure you do your prep or make sure you fold your towels at your station, like basic fundamental things that I had learned as a cook in the food industry. But then I remember someone had messaged me, uh, thought of their own, and they're like, hey, you should share this on the page. And it was something to do with vanilla, vanilla seeds and how they got everywhere. And I remember asking them if I could share that uh, and share their quote and give them credit. And they were like, yes. And so that's where the idea for the Instagram format uh, where Line Cook Thoughts came into play. It went from me wanting to start a little bit of a meme page into realizing that if I connected with people on Instagram and asked them to share why they cook, what they appreciate about cooking, or any advice they have, or any changes they want to see in the industry, that they would they could share that with me and I would repost that and kind of create a platform where I'm highlighting people in the food world that aren't usually highlighted um, before. And the name Line Cook Thoughts came from me being a line cook. At the time, I was a line cook. And I was like, it would be cool to kind of leverage this from the idea that, you know, if we're going to talk to people in the industry or we're going to talk to people um, with the, outside of the industry, that talking to these people makes a difference and talking to them is important. And also that we all started as a line cook at some point in our careers or we've all started in a, in a spot where we are cooking and learning and trying to rise up the ranks. And so for me, the idea of taking ego out of, you know, the chef world and taking the, uh, you know, the if it was like chef thoughts, I think that would have been like a different vibe to the brand. And I think Line Cook Thoughts really shares the humble beginnings nature of the podcast of the community and of what I uh, feel is how I've kind of came up in the industry. So that being said, started the Instagram and I was like, well, this podcast thing is interesting. So let's start the podcast. I started the podcast through Anchor, which is now owned by Spotify. And I still use this platform to publish and uh, give you know, you all the podcast uh, every week or every as often as I do it. And I remember my first few podcasts were very drab. They were very small. But I realized that if I could start interviewing people in the industry, that things might 
start to work out and catch on. And so throughout over 200 episodes now, I've got to meet an amount of incredible people that I just never would have met before. And it's opened up opportunities for me in different side projects and different connections, invitations to different events, new knowledge that I've gained. And in some ways, new uh, knowledge that has helped me uh, define and move forward in my career path. So when you look at the the episodes, it's a mix. It's a mix of everyone in the industry. You have people that are just starting out in their career, people who have shifted into new businesses, people that are that have left the food industry, people that have just gone into the food industry. And you've had some high-profile chefs. You've had some people that are cooks that you probably have not heard of. And you've had a blend of people in and outside of the restaurant space. And that was all intentional. I really felt a lot of pressure on myself when I started Learning Cook Thoughts because I was really worried that I would be only uh, set to interviewing people in the kitchen. And I realized that I could just break that boundary and interview anyone. And I really do think that it's been helpful. I've had so many people reach out and message me and be like, hey, it's been really cool to see you um, interview someone outside of the industry, or I didn't realize that uh, this path was there and that opportunity was there. And so thank you for doing that. And so as I've gone through the episodes, that has been a goal of mine. And I also think that what I really enjoy are these solo episodes, you know, that prospect of talking to yourself and staring at a wall like I'm doing right now as I record this was daunting. But I think solo podcasts are fun for me because I get to experiment, I get to talk through things, and I get to create content and hopefully leave you guys with some thoughts on what I'm thinking about. And some of the solo podcasts have been some of the most successful podcasts I've published. And on top of that, some of the podcasts that I've really enjoyed that a goal of mine in 2024 is to do again is the collaborative ones. You know, one of my highest rated podcasts of all time and highest listened to is the one on imposter syndrome, where I spoke to a bunch of you in the community and shared what imposter syndrome means to you and how we fight it. And so all that to be said through the podcast, the Instagram you know, some trials on TikTok, um, some work on Twitter, uh, now known as X, and blogging, um, we've really, really accomplished a lot of um, a lot of fun stuff and a, a really cool community. And I'll be honest, where life has, was, has been so busy during that time. Uh, when I first started, I was working an insane amount of hours. I was living in different cities. I moved to like five, four different cities within a year and a half. Um, and I had relationships to keep up in long distance and whatnot. And um, it was a lot of work. It was a lot. It was a tremendous amount of work to do the podcast, to do the Instagram and to keep on top of it all. And still to this day, like, I, I have a very busy, I lead a very busy life outside of the podcast. And you'll notice that not every week I publish and uh, not every day I post on the Instagram. And it's not for lack of not wanting to do it. I'm just so busy currently in my life that there's just so much going on. And I think for me, the podcast has always been a passion project. You know, I don't look at this as something that will make me a lot of money or something that will um, guarantee me um, financial income or anything like that. This is all really just my, this is one of my biggest passions is interviewing people, sharing it, and also having these solo conversations. So through the last five years, I'm very proud of the work I've done. I'm very proud of the work I've done in the podcast uh, in particular because I have a library of content that is days long if you were to listen to it back to back to back. And I think it touches on so much within the industry. It touches on relative issues. It touches on different positions. It touches on, uh, it's a time capsule for where the industry was before COVID, during COVID, and after COVID. 
I'm really proud of that. I can look back and say, wow, over 200 episodes, all this work, all these interviews, all this planning and organizing and everything else in between. And the growth has been great. I mean, you know, I'm not a viral podcast by any means. I'm more of an indie niche podcast, but uh, to see the Spotify numbers this last year, and especially last year uh, when we had the wrap, like, you know, the amount of growth we've had internationally, the amount of listeners I've gotten, um, the fact that 70% of new listeners happened to stumble on the podcast this year, it really has been something special. special, And it's something that I am uh, very excited and eager to keep growing and keep doing. I will admit that it has not always been easy. It has been very difficult sometimes to continue and not because I lack passion for it, but because of just the workload. Um, I share this to say that it is a lot of work doing a podcast, recording, editing, finding the time to sit down and just do it and finding the motivation can be hard, especially when you're, when even now, five years in, I still, I still struggle with imposter syndrome. You know, I've shared countless times that during COVID, I unfortunately couldn't find restaurant work. And so I got into food manufacturing and food development. And that is where I work now. And it's allowed me to be able to um, lead a lifestyle that I really enjoy. And it's allowed me to open up into the industry and uh, really find what I find passionate and what I'm super passionate about. I miss restaurants a lot. I really do. I've really, there's days where I'll sit and think about the energy and the passion and the motivation I had when I was in restaurants and managing and helping run them. I loved it. It was something that was great, but it was also something that didn't give me or allow me time elsewhere in my life uh, for things I wanted to do. Um, but I also realized that I'm the type of person that likes um, what I'm doing now more. And that is the um, the ability to develop, the ability to focus on um, food business in a different way. And I just love what I do. Like life right now is really good for me. I'm very grateful for life. I'm very grateful for the people in it. I'm very grateful for the activities I do outside of work, outside of the podcast. And so for me, though, there's always been this like idea of, well, what do I have to say? What do I have to do? you know, to focus on why would anyone listen to me? And I do know that I have restaurant experience and I do know that I speak to people in the industry a ton. Um, and it's really been for me an important aspect to keep that idea alive and to also try to introduce people to the other aspects of the industry that I've found, you know, my life, my trajectory in life, where I was, my goals, where I was going five years ago to now have completely changed, but I have become so, um, involved and I've learned so much about this industry and the space and uh, what people are doing outside of restaurants that I've really, really grown to appreciate all the experiences in life that I've gotten through working with and within food and with food and, and to serve people, whether it be in restaurants or outside of them. And the reality is that most people in restaurants don't work their entire lives in restaurants. And so I find it very important for myself to share what those other avenues look like when you decide that restaurant work is not for you. Or if that happens, and that might not never happen, but um, that has been a very important thing for me is to show the diversity in job opportunities. And I really, really, really um, stand by that people in restaurants are more capable than they give themselves credit for, and that they are more capable of doing jobs than they give themselves credit for as well. You know, when I was in restaurants, I felt that that was the only thing I was ever going to be good at in life, and I wasn't sure where I was going to go. And to be able to branch out and do different things and apply myself in different ways. I think that so many people underestimate the average person working in a restaurant. And I think it's important to recognize that that is a massive, um, is a massive uh, detriment is of massive detriment to yourself. If you believe that, because 
The truth is I've seen so many people leave restaurants without college degrees and get into different spaces and be successful. And a lot of them have been people that have managed me and led me um, in certain routes. Uh, so I really, really, really encourage that idea as well, that if you're working in restaurants, you have potential to be elsewhere in restaurants. And I think it's super, super important, um, no matter what kind of restaurant you've worked in. So all that to say is that has been the goal. And that's how things have shifted. That is how things have gone for me over the last five years. It has been a tremendous experience. Um, there are a lot of people I would thank. Uh, one of them at the top would be Rebecca Cho. She helped me uh, create my website. She's She helped me with some content, and she's really been there for me, um, helping support me. Uh, Justin Kana was someone who gave me a lot of insight, a lot of um, great advice, and someone who's repeatedly come on the show. Uh, friend, best friends who have supported me, such as Cole, Val, uh, my parents, my sister, um, you know, friend, many, many friends, so many people, so many people I've met in, within the content creation space, uh, so many mentors. Um, everyone, you know who you are. You know who you've supported me. I say a few names there, um, but so many more people have supported me in this endeavor and just helped me and given me connections. So I think everyone who's been involved. And for me, I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the last five years is that life is fluid and plans change and things change. And the, one of the biggest tools you can have uh, is to be able to adapt and also to be able to fo relentlessly focus on what it is you want. When COVID hit, I will admit it was a very, very tough time for me. Um, I was very fortunate to not have anyone close to me pass away due to the virus, but uh, I really had lost a sense of self. Uh, when I had lost uh, my restaurant job and I had lost my ability to work, I really lost who it was, who I was, and what it what I felt I was meant to do here. Uh, when I lost that, I really lost a sense of what my purpose was and the ability to do line cook thoughts, the ability to focus on this project, to focus on you all, to focus on the community. I can never explain to you how tremendously helpful that was, not only to just staying busy, but my, to my mental health during that time. Uh, being able to focus on this truly, truly helped me, and it truly inspired me to keep going and focus uh, that the focus on the idea that a job isn't everything you're fo supposed to focus on in life and that there's other things you can do for yourself to keep moving forward. And so I really, really thank you all who have stuck with this brand, who, are, who have found this brand, who have shared this brand, and who have continued to support me in my ventures and my endeavors and everything else in between because I truly appreciate every single one of you. Those who listen, those who subscribe to the newsletter, those who like like the content on Instagram, everything in between, it, it means so much. There's always a misconception that there's a team behind this. And, you know, I've had some help in the past on certain things. It has been mostly me. Um, I am the only person that posts on the Instagram, that publishes the podcast, that does anything else with the brand. And so, like I said, it's a lot of work. And I appreciate when people say, oh, you're, you guys are doing a great job. And I'm like, well, thank you, but it's just me. So I hope I convey that I do put a lot of effort into this. Uh, I hope you all know that I do really care about it. And I hope you all know that I, I truly try to put out really quality product on the podcast, on who I bring on the interview, how I interview them, what I gain from those conversations, what I gain from the solo episodes, and how I keep moving forward. Five years is a long time. It is a time commitment. It is longer than I was in high school. It was longer than I was in college. It's longer than any personal relationship I've had. Line Cook Thoughts is definitely one of the longest commitments I've ever made. And um, for that, I am 
very proud. I'm very proud of the work I've done. I'm very proud of the brand, of the community, and of everything else that has been a focus of mine over the last five years, the last half decade I've been doing this. And like I said, personal growth. I mean, I'm 26 now. I was 21 when I started the brand. It's kind of wild, you know, that this just the personal growth and the way life changed. It's, it's, it's crazy to look back and I won't keep rambling on sentiment here, but um, it is kind of nuts to think about that. Uh, five years in, what it means for me is that there's still a community that cares about what people in the food industry think. There's still a community of people that cares about what food, what it means to make food in and outside of the kitchen and restaurants. And it shows me that there's still an appetite for the knowing of what people in the food world are doing. I know through COVID, a lot of things changed. A lot of people left the industry or became jaded at the industry for good reason. But to be able to still talk and to be able to still communicate with people why they're here, why they love it, why they do what they do, I think is so, uh, it's just so relevant and so important to uh, what it means uh, to be someone in the food world. So that being said, um, yeah, it's been crazy. I, I, I really, really am just, just am really grateful and really thankful. What does it mean for 2024? What am I looking to do in 2024? Um, more intensity into the podcast. Definitely a more intense look into the podcast. I want to do more collaborative work. I want to do more um, different styles of podcasts and more solo podcasts. You know, the second half of this podcast is going to be about current events. I really like covering current events. And I really want to make an effort to do that. And I'd love to hear what you all think um, of my current event coverage. I've done some solo podcasts in the past that have done well uh, with current event coverage. So please let me know what you think. Uh, Obviously, focusing on the Instagram and um, just having more of a connected community. I have some ideas uh, throughout the year that I hope to instill. And with the podcast, I have some ideas as well as to where to take it and um, what to do with it. I think that it's been such a fun time. I've really enjoyed doing this. And like I said, just proud of line cook thoughts and just a thank you to you all. I mean, there's so many of you that supported me, so many of you that have focused in on this brand and, um, you know, looking at the Spotify numbers, looking at everything that has come back, it shows that you all really care. And so it's crazy to me that to think that people want to, um, <laughs> listen to my voice, especially for hours on end, but thank you all for that as well. So five years into line cook thoughts, it's been a blast. Thank you all so much, and let's get into some current events. All right, so one of two stories I want to cover in this podcast episode is the launch of Cosmics. This is a new brand under McDonald's, and it is a new player in the growing beverage segment. Um, I'm going to reference qsrmagazine.com here. I really like their reporting. I'll share a link in the description of this episode. And basically, Cosmics is a beverage-focused brand that McDonald's is launching. It is drive-through only, and it is focused on beverages and small bites. To give you an example of what's on the menu, it is a churro frappe, s'mores cold brew, sour cherry energy burst, tropical spiced blueberry ginger boost, and then you have like cold brews, um, punches, pear slush, uh, lemonades, chai frappe burst, turmeric spiced latte. So just a very interesting and diverse blend of flavors in the beverage market. Uh, they actually, I believe, have more drink options than they do food options, which I find interesting. But being someone who is more focused on food than drink when they go out to eat, I will also share their food options. So they offer pretzel bites. They offer Mick Pops, which look kind of like beignets. 
They offer uh, these two sandwiches I, I share will are both have eggs on them, but a spicy queso sandwich, which looks like it has sausage, um, some sort of cheddar, spicy queso sauce, and fried pickles, and then a creamy avocado tomatillo sandwich, which is an egg sandwich with um, a creamy avocado tomatillo spread, bacon, and cheese. We also have savory hash brown bites, a twist cone, caramel fudge brownies, cookies, caramel fudge brownies sundae, and then, of course, their famous egg McMuffin sandwiches and M&M's McFlurry. Uh, I personally think they should have Oreo McFlurry. That's my favorite, but whatever. Also, a quick side note. I, I share this and people get upset. I am not a fan of the, oh gosh, what are they called? The McGriddles. I do not like them. Uh, the pancake syrup bun. Oh my gosh. I, I, so another crazy breakfast thing for myself. I don't like uh, sweet breakfast. I don't like pancakes. I don't like waffles. Um, crepes, I guess, are all right sometimes because they can go savory, but I don't like any of that. And I think the McGriddle is one of the worst breakfast sandwiches. They have a syrupy pancakey bun like that is so odd to me. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully I didn't trigger anyone. Um, basically, this is a new drive through only um, location. It opened up yesterday, December 8th, and it's actually about 40 minutes from me. I reside in the uh, Naperville area of... Illinois, which is outside of Chicago, and this is in Bolingbrook, which isn't too far from me, uh, but I did not go yesterday because lines were ex- estimated to be three hours long to try this new brand. You know, as we've gotten into 2023, I really, really was, um, you know, you, you look at fast food and you look at, uh, you wonder, is it going to be good? Is it declining? As people know more and more about the negative effects of it, but then you see a line of three hours for a new beverage-based beverage uh, restaurant from McDonald's, and it's like, wow, yeah, there's definitely some um, some uh, interest there, and obviously some consumer demand, and that will also show in the growth that McDonald's has had. So that being said, this is a drive-through focused restaurant. As I said, they have cashless payment devices, uh, and they have guests. Um, assigned to one of several pickup windows and basically from there they will be able to pick up their food and that is interesting it requires less labor it requires less uh, people in the industry in the kitchen or in the drive-through window operations and so that negates the need for someone to be there focused in on um, the drive-through aspect and makes things less you know it, it automates things and we've talked about ai we've talked about technology we talked recently or maybe a few months back about Panera having these pickup windows where not drive-throughs, but they're pickup only. You order on the app and pick them up. This is the next iteration of that where you go to the restaurant, order your food, you stay in your car the entire time, and you don't really interact with anyone in the McDonald's um, line. So that being said, uh, the CEO uh, mentions um, on basically the idea of creating this they basically were talking about this in a Q2 earnings call in uh, July. Uh, basically, the CEO said to the board of investors on this model, how do we bring new concepts that open up real estate opportunities that under a traditional model would not necessarily be available to us? A big reason that we can now look at those is because of the growth that's happened with the digital and delivery. And I want, I'm going to restart this. I want you to pay attention to this. This is what he said. The big reason that we can now look at those models is because of the growth that's happened with the digital and delivery where you don't necessarily need the big dining rooms that you needed in our traditional restaurant. So now you're able to look at real estate sites that previously would have been sort of off limits to us 
those become opportunities. That's very important to see. And I know a lot of you are like, why are we covering McDonald's? But I do think these are important things to know as a person, a professional in the food world, because this is where these next models go. And unfortunately, it's 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 eliminating a lot of the human need for at least front of house staff in this in this type of model for McDonald's, which means less labor costs and it means less people, which is obviously unfortunate. And it's obviously if you're a restaurant or, or a restaurant industry employee, it is not necessarily the best news to see. It's it's kind of sad to see actually, but this is where automation is going. And for them, you know, looking at McDonald's, how they make their money is off real estate, off franchising, out restaurants, and getting the uh, returns off of the rent and the uh, franchise costs and whatnot. They don't have to worry about the ups and downs of necessarily uh, food uh, sales every day like your owner would. They rely more on the real estate income that they get from franchisees. Uh, they're basically making a business move here to be able to be to operate more real estate in spaces that require less uh, space that are probably a little bit cheaper to run on rent, but will, might have the same amount of earnings or will have a little bit less earnings, but can still drive a lot of revenue for the company and which then leads them to have more real estate and more opportunities to make money, make revenue and earn more business. It's interesting, uh, especially because they are eager um, to get into this because it wants to be the their McDonald's brand answer to Starbucks, uh, which is very, very interesting to me. And I really wonder, my my big question is how will this look compared to Starbucks? You know, the in my opinion, Starbucks is the upper echelon of branded coffee. Maybe Blue Bottle would probably be above that, but they're not as big as Starbucks, obviously. But Starbucks, you go there, you get artisan, quote-unquote, made drinks. It's a little bit more elevated. This, you know, when I see this menu, I just see sugar. I mean, really it's churro frappe, s'mores cold brew. I know Starbucks has that, but you can go get like, you know, cappuccinos and stuff like and espresso shots and whatnot. But this is all obviously McDonald's focus. It's all focused on these high sugar uh, caffeinated beverages or just high ice, high sugar ice beverages. And I find that very interesting. So they're carving out the McDonald's. If you were to think about the McDonald's section of the coffee space, I, this is exactly how I would envision it. Uh, but I do find it interesting that they have like different like flavors, such as the churro frappe, the s'mores cold brew, the turmeric spice latte. Uh, I find those flavors interesting. I want to do more research into how they arrived on this. Also, the breakfast sandwiches. You know, instead of you know, you have the offering of the egg McMuffin, but spicy queso sandwiches with fried pickles. Uh, avocado tomatillo sandwich. It's more of a elevated and quote-unquote artisan offering on the breakfast sandwiches, so I'm very, very interested in that. They have a registered trademark on Nick Pops, which are like these little beignet donut things, and so it's very interesting where they took the food menu. Cosmics is based off of an alien character, the brand used in the late 80s, and it's supposed to be nostalgic. You know, you look at the sign, it is very reminiscent and nostalgic of the drive through uh, 80s era of McDonald's. Obviously, I wasn't alive then, but it it does look retro and it looks very much as a nostalgia drive to get people to come into the restaurant. The whole idea of being quick, efficient, and driving through, getting your food and getting out, I think is very interesting as well. Like I said, they will have 10 locations opening. I believe the this will be the this was the first one in Bolingbrook. They're going to have more in Texas. They're going to see how it does in the 
year that they have it open and then go from there. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, continue to grow this out. The growth, uh, the explosion of interest out here is obviously, you know, first day people want to come here. They want to try it out three hour waits in line. But I really do wonder going forward what their success with Cosmics is going to be. Um, it, it came out of nowhere, it felt like, but I know obviously they've been, been planning it for a long time. But the fact that so many people are interested in it, the fact that I'm talking about it, I think it's important. I think the big takeaways is, yes, McDonald's is expanding its offerings, but more so a major leader in the restaurant space is creating restaurant models that require very little f- customer-facing staff that will generate them more revenue. And I think that's something to watch and be aware of. So would love to hear your thoughts on Cosmics. What do you think of the brand launch? What do you think of the menu? I will have a link to the qsrmagazine.com, a great publication. I think you all should check it out. And that is the Cosmic story. Let me know what you think. The last story today is an interesting one, and I'm sure everyone in the industry has seen this or it's been very popular. Headline being, this is from nationalpost.com, woman sentenced to fast food job after hurling burrito bowl at Chipotle employee. (laughs) A woman sentenced to fast food work after hurling burrito bowl at Chipotle employee. Um, looking, Looking at this from the Washington Post as well. And basically, Rosemary Hain uh, is the person that was offered a chance to reduce her assault sentence in which she hurled a burrito bowl at an employee, Emily Russell, and a store manager in Ohio at Chipotle. The burrito bowl was hurled at her for being made wrong, quote unquote. And the judge offered um, off of the 180 day jail time sentence, 60 days off in exchange for working 20 hours per week at a fast food restaurant for two months. So basically what happened is um, Emily Russell, the uh, employee at Chipotle, uh, basically said that Rosemary Hain, 39, was um, you know being unruly, yelling at another employee. And so uh, Emily says, I, from what I read, is that she came in, uh, she made the bowl, she had to remake the bowl, and she said she remade, remade her order twice and included extra protein and other ingredients to try to, to, try to appease Rosemary Hain and... Apparently, Hayne left with her food, but returned a few minutes later. She started screaming at Emily Russell, and the next thing she knew, this is a quote, next thing I knew, she threw the food in my face. I was so embarrassed and in shock. Obviously, the food was hot. It had just come out of the, um, she had just made the food. It just came off the stove, and ba- basically very embarrassing, a very embarrassing a situation for Emily, a very traumatic situation, and, you know, the idea of someone being sentenced to food, we'll get into a second, but the lack of respect, the lack of ability to show any sort of respect for a restaurant worker and to, uh, to assault them, to publicly assault them, humiliate them, embarrass them, is, um, is it's disgusting, it's low, it's something that you obviously it cannot be tolerated and something that is just really, really sad. You know, we saw this during COVID arise in disregard for hospitality worker uh, welfare and conditions and uh, what they have to go to and restaurant go through in restaurants. So to see this is really, really gross. And um, to see it is something that is sad. You know, these, this small, this incident um, that might sound just like another news story has permanent effects. I mean, like, you know, Emily said that it has affected her. She ended up leaving her job at Chipotle. Uh, she ended up having to find new work elsewhere. Uh, she didn't feel that Chipotle 
uh, was, uh, you know, being able to, uh, being able to, um, have the support she had after the assault. And she just said, she just didn't feel safe. She said, this is a quote. I was working 65 hours a week. I was exhausted. I had anxiety every day going to work and you can't blame her. I mean, a customer comes in, you, you know, you're doing your job, you're going into work, you're doing your job, you're trying your hardest, you're working as a manager 65 hours a week, you're really, really, really pushing yourself, you're tired, you have a lot going on, I don't know, you know, albeit whatever's going on in her personal life, this is just work, and have someone come in, be mad that you didn't, that something was made incorrectly, and to just whip it at your face, it's just, it's so sad, it's sad, it's angering, and so we get to the sentence of what happened, so, uh, this person, uh, basically was sentenced to 180 days in jail, uh, with 90 days suspended. Uh, however, the judge offered her, um, a chance to reduce her sentence with, uh, in this national post, a quote unquote, highly unusual proposition. And the judge presented her with an opportunity to cut her sentence by 60 days in exchange for consenting to work 20 hours per week at a fast food restaurant for two months, which the, um, which Hain agreed to. And I find this very interesting because the fact that this lady was um, sent to work in a fast food restaurant, I think will hopefully uh, show her the how hard it is, A, and B, how stressful it is, and C, just how stupidly she acted towards someone just trying to prepare food. Um, I hope that the ability for her to work in a, an environment, a restaurant and kitchen environment, uh, for this prolonged time, you know, 20 hours a week, two months, it's a long time. Uh, she'll have, what is that? Um, she'll have 160 hours of work, uh, basically, you know, it, it, within those two months. Um, yeah, I hope she gets to realize that what she did was really, really stupid and really, really wrong. And I hope she gets to understand that Restaurant work is tough. You know, a big pro proposition of Line Cook Thoughts is the idea that working in the food world, whether it be in restaurants or outside of it, is really hard. Um, there's a lot of customer expectation. There's a lot of customer demand. There's a lot of um, needing people to, to, you know, perform and do well because everyone, so many people try your products, so many people try your food, and you're basically asked to be perfect or near perfect in every situation. You know, you think about Chipotle, you go in, you expect some, everything to be made right. You know, the, the rice, the chicken to be hot, um, the other condiments to be cold, to be seasoned properly, for it to be delivered um, throughout the line in a speedy time and to get out and eat your meal and enjoy it. And, and also eat that meal at a lower price point and paying for a you know, cheaper uh, meal in itself. And you expect all that with perfection and accuracy. And so that is the expectation every customer has. When going to a restaurant like Chipotle, and you look at an employee like Emily Russell, who's trying to, to manage a team and deliver that to every single customer, and to have someone go in and attack her is insane. It, it truly, truly is insane. Um, it's something that has lasting impact on her, and it just shows the lack of respect the general public, some of them, not all, but some, can have for restaurant workers. And the safety of restaurant workers and the idea that someone working and making food for you is not a person, but some object that it, or some machine or some worker that is just making you food. Like it's disgusting. And it's something that everyone in the restaurant industry has to deal with. It's in, you know, I tried looking up stats in the rise of customer to uh, employee uh, instances. And there is some, but there's not enough. And it, it's just hard to find that data. There are some reporting on it, but there's not enough. But the amount of 
uh, especially like front of house or customer facing roles, the amount of stuff and uh, BS that people go through that you all go through is, is truly, um, it's hard. It makes the job hard. It makes the job very difficult. And so obviously I'm glad that this person has been, you know, they've gotten um, punishment for what they did. And yeah, I'm glad that they're going to have to work in a restaurant. I hope that she understands and realizes and um, recognizes that uh, what she did obviously was wrong. But furthermore, I hope she recognizes the amount of hard work it takes to work in the food space, whether it's Chipotle, whether it's McDonald's, whether it's at 11 Madison Park or Linea or any other restaurant, anywhere you work in food is hard. It's difficult. It's grueling. It's it, it changes your perspective on what hard work is. And so, yeah, I really, 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 um, I read this story. I was angered by it. I was like, oh, she's being sentenced to work in this. That obviously, you know, good. Like, let's see what, you know, how you like, like working in restaurants. Let's see if what your thoughts are on that. Um, but I just think it speaks to more so the concerning uh, neglect that uh, some customers have for people in the restaurant industry. So um, I hope going forward that this shows a, a an example of, you know, there's a human behind the food you're making, that, that behind the food that is being made for you. And I wish, and I hope all customers realize that there is someone, there is someone with um, a life, with uh, stress, with anxiety, with needs, with uh, focus elsewhere, making food for you. And um, they're not just some servant to you. It is a contract when you go into a restaurant that you are paying for a service, but you do not get to treat people with disrespect or you do not treat them as lower than you uh, in any sense of the imagination. So um, a very interesting story. I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, I don't know <laughs> much on uh, how much time she should have gotten or whatnot. Um, I'm not sure on all that. But I, like I said, I did find it very interesting and very um I think I, I, I hope that the sentencing gives some insight into this person, but I just hope it also just shares that like people in the food space and the restaurant industry specifically deal with a lot and they share a, a lot of burden, especially at post pandemic. I've gotten a lot of stories of customers being rude, of customers being um, downright just inconsiderate. And there's a, always an expectation of, you know, service staff needing to uh, appease the customer. You know, the customer is always right. But I think there's been a lack of um, communication back to customers that they also have um, the they also should have the responsibility to treat people with respect and be able to not assault people and throw burrito bowls at them like this lady did. So not all customers are like that. Obviously, have have had a lot of great experiences, and um, you know the negative customers have been few and far between. I've never been never had food thrown at me like this. Um, but there are people out there like that, and I hope uh, that this doesn't become a trend. I hope this becomes less of a trend. Uh, and I hope that the general public continues to remember that there are thousands and thousands of people working within food to provide them great experiences and to provide them great um, times with their family, friends, and to share memories and experiences with. But they are also people and they are there doing a service for you, but they are not below you and they deserve every amount of respect you would give any, every, anyone else. And so hopefully that is a message that is left from this story. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this incident. We'd love to hear... Um, what you think about uh, the food industry and customer um, versus uh, customer versus food industry worker relationships that you've experienced and anything else in between. So thank you all for listening. That is my final story on this current events solo podcast, aka five-year anniversary podcast. (laughs) 
thank you all for listening to the show. Uh, like I said, thank you so much. Five years means a lot to me, obviously. I spent the first 20 minutes talking about that. But again, thank you all so much. I'm forever grateful. I have so much gratitude to be able to do this. And I truly love this podcast, this community, and this group. Doing five years really does mean a lot. Thank you, every single one of you that listens, shares, anyone that's been on the podcast, anyone that's supported me in my life to do this, to do the brand. I truly am grateful. There's so many people I could thank. Just a general and widespread thank you to everyone who supports me in this brand and what I do. If you'd like to leave a review, that would be very helpful on Spotify or Apple. If you want to subscribe to the newsletter, go to lineclothoughts.com. Put in your email and hit subscribe. Every Monday, I put the newsletter out. A very cool interview on recruiting and interview strategies is the next one, the next podcast coming out. So if I usually don't like to do the um, <laughs> preview for the next, but I think if you have any questions about culinary recruiting or interviews or resume building or anything like that, you should listen to the next podcast coming out. Thank you all for your time. And I will see you on the next Line Cook Thoughts podcast. Thank you so much for five years.